I'm Neil Carter, the pastor at Rocky River Presbyterian Church. Thank you for joining us through our podcast. Let me extend a personal invitation as well to join us at RRPC in person on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. This is the Easter season. We explore together resurrection hope as a people of faith. The Lord has risen. The Lord has risen indeed. May you be renewed and empowered, comforted and challenged as we listen to and for God's Word together today. Hi, I'm Neil Carter, the pastor at Rocky River Presbyterian Church, and thanks for joining in to our sermon podcast today. We hope you find God's love, grace, and challenge as you listen to and for God's Word. It's, it's the day we set aside and we think about Father, Son, Holy Spirit, what that means, who that is to, for us. And as a people of believers, a congregation of believers, may we join together and worship the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit this day as we begin our worship together. If you would join me now in the Trinitarian call to worship printed in your bulletin, let us worship the triune God. Let us worship the one who spoke in the beginning and created something out of nothing. Let us worship the triune God. Let us worship the one who took on the clothing of humanity to set those who were oppressed free. Let us worship the triune God. Let us worship the one whose spirit rests continually upon us, calling us from destructive endings to bright new beginnings. In our Hebrew scripture today, Isaiah comes to the temple during a a regular worship service, basically. And it's there in the midst of worshiping God, confronted with a holy God. He recognizes one thing about himself. And he says, whoa, I am a man of unclean lips amongst a people of unclean lips. The funny thing about joining in worship together, being confronted with a holy God, God shows us who we are. And in that we see ourselves and we know that we are sinners. We are people of unclean lips, people that fall short of who God has called us to be. In the same passage, though, good news is that forgiveness is offered to him. And forgiveness is given to us this day in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So it's God's people. Let's confess our sins together in the prayer of confession. Holy and triune God, you alone live in perfect relationship. One God in three persons, mutual and loving, ever seeking reconciliation and unity. You have called us to live in your completion Yet we confess that relationships are imperfect and we are incomplete without you. We are selfish and greedy. We are anxious and resenting. We feel the shame of our foolish behavior and brokenness. We have allowed sin to drive us apart from one another and from you. Forgive us and restore us. Draw us close and bind us together in your mercy. May we long for wholeness and peace. May we strive towards gratitude and grace in the saving name of your Son, Jesus Christ, by the work and power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. In our passage today, the angel, the seraph, comes to Isaiah and offers him forgiveness, a burning coal. 
We're offered forgiveness this day as well through Jesus Christ who lived, who reigned, who died, and who was raised again. In him, we shall know forgiveness this day. Thanks be to God. So friends, believe the good news of the gospel. Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Since God has forgiven us in Christ, let us forgive one another. The peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Take a moment to share the peace of Christ with one another. Now, if everyone would join me in the prayer for illumination printed in your bulletin. Proclaim to us, O Spirit, the holy word of life. Tell us who we are and to whom we belong so that we may live with gratitude for all that you have done. Amen. The Old Testament lesson this morning comes from the book of Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 13, page 635 in your pew Bibles. Listen for the word of the Lord. In the year that King Isaiah Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraphim touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed, and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go and say to this people, Keep listening, but do not comprehend. Keep looking, but do not understand. Make the mind of his, this people dull and stop their ears and shut their eyes, so that they may not look with their eyes and listen with their ears and comprehend with their minds, and turn and be healed. Then I said, How long, O Lord? And he said, Until cities lie waste without inhabitant and houses without people, and the land is utterly desolate. Until the Lord sends everyone far away, and vast is the emptiness in the midst of the land. Even if a tenth part remain in it, it will be burned again, like a terebinth or an oak, whose stump remains standing when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So the visitor comes into church and he sits down at, at First Pres wherever and He's pretty excited throughout the service and the preacher starts and he starts shouting out amen to this and that and the other. 
throws people off just a little. And so finally the usher comes down and, and says, sir, we, we just don't do that here. We just don't do that. He said, you don't understand. I, I, I got religion. And he said, yeah, but you didn't get it here. <laughs> yeah. But isn't that kind of the case when you read this passage and you hear this worship service for the first time? I mean, wow, he shows up and Isaiah's and, and there's this whole spirit thing going on. The, the robe, the hem, the edge of, of, of God's train fills the temple. There's this amazing, he sees the seraphs, these angels, they're flying around some, you know, sixth wing kind of creatures kind of doing their deal. You have worship here in this passage. This is a famous passage, right? We Most people know this one for a lot of reasons, and it's a beautiful passage. It has just about everything we want in it when it comes right down to it. It has worship. Uh, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. The seraphs were in attendance, angels, that is. They're, they're present. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Yes, this is where we get the hymn that holy, holy, holy from. This is also uh, where we get the section of the, the great Thanksgiving prayer that we do at communion that says holy, holy, holy is the Lord. It's a, a hymn that we tend to use on Trinity Sunday. Holy, 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 get it, three. <laughs> Works out really well. The sanctuary shakes. The sanctuary is filled with smoke of sweet incense. This passage has confession, uh, as we mentioned earlier, standing in the presence of God, in the presence of a holy God, our true selves are revealed before the Lord, and what we see is we see ourselves for who we are. Woe is me, I'm lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, I'm a person of unclean lips, and everyone around me, they're the same, sinners, we're all in this together. It has assurance of pardon. My eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. And then one of the seraphs flew to me holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. A part of the worship service in, in, in the, the temple was going to the altar there where they had done their sacrifices and they would take something from the sacrifice and feed the person for forgiveness. It has call. It has a call. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And the response, we know it, right? From the hymn, we'll sing it later. Here I am, send me. And when it comes right down to it, this is our model of the worship service, isn't it? We gather, we call ourselves to worship, we offer up our confessions because we're, we're a people of unclean lips, we hear the word of assurance of pardon from, from Christ who forgives us, we hear God's word, we hear God call us in scripture and in sermon and at the table, and then at the end, we go forth to serve. Send me. It's the worship service. It's who we are. We get that, of course, the great hymn, Here I Am, Lord, from this. And, and sometimes that's, since that hymn has come out, it's kind of become almost a sense of cliche. Uh, we put it at the end of every ordination service, or we tend to. 
Here's the problem. Here's the problem with this passage is that folks like me who stand up here in this little section, we tend to stop at verse eight where it says, here am I, Lord, send me. Because that sounds pretty cool. That's kind of nice. We don't go beyond verse eight, but we did today. Here I am, send me. Uh, But maybe we stop too soon. Because they said, send me to what? Send me to do what? And then the Lord goes on to tell him, go and say to the people, keep listening. But by the way, you're not going to comprehend. Keep looking, but you're not going to understand. Make the mind of the people dull. That's something to tell a preacher, right? Be boring. (laughs) Like We do that well enough on our own. Stop their ears and shut their eyes so that they may not look with their eyes and listen with their ears and comprehend with their minds. Turn, be healed. In the end, it's interesting to me that even though that God has called him to this tough task, healing still comes at the end. So we hear this extra information about what Isaiah is called to do and that might temper how we feel about this passage. Because unless we hear what it is God has asked Isaiah to do in some detail, we risk running this thing of, oh, here God, send me. If we're not careful, we might imagine that just because we sing the hymn, here I am, Lord, that we've been to worship service, that we're surrounded with our familiar friends, that that we are answering the call of what who God has called us to be. Maybe that's why folks like me stop this passage at verse 8. It's a lot safer. We read the rest of it and Isaiah stands before God with the edge of his hymn filling the temple. A holy moment he comes to the angels screeching out, holy is the Lord in this moment. Isaiah's full of the spirit and says, whoo, this is cool. Here I am. Take me out. Let's go. And God says, "Okay, But just before you go out there, let me tell you, it's not necessarily easy what you have to do. The prophet is demanded to speak in a way that people aren't going to hear him. And that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. To the person who's ongoing, you know, and hearing this, you want it. You know, we do everything we possibly can around here to send out emails and go on Twitter and go on Facebook. And we even have a digital sign now that tells you, right? We're trying to make the information get out as quick as possible, as easy to understand. So you will understand the message. We always do get somebody who comes along and says, you know, I didn't know we were doing that. Yeah, we've only been posting it for like three months. I'm sorry. (laughs) You know, but we do everything we possibly can to make sure people hear the message outside of our walls. We even have a podcast, you know, we even have followers who listen to our service through podcasts. We even have folks in Princeton, New Jersey listening to this. Wow. Pretty cool, huh? 
Maybe they don't have anything better to do. Listen to our podcast. But we think that's great, that we have a way of getting the information out in all different possible ways, simply to understand. And that's what we're called to do. But Isaiah is called to do something a little different today. Speak in a way that people don't get it. And the only thing he can do is he says, hey, send me. But then after he hears what he's got to do, what does he say? How long do I have to do that, Lord? (laughs) Whoa, man. I was just I was agreeable a second ago. But now that you've told me what I got to do, that's not so cool. It wouldn't have surprised me if he would have said. Could somebody else do that? I'm a little too busy. And maybe that's what happens too often. We, we volunteer and we say, here I am, Lord, send me. And then we say, eh, I don't know. This got too hard. Maybe Isaiah should backtrack, but you know what? He doesn't. He doesn't. He continues on. And Isaiah stands in for all of us today, really, when it comes right down to it. Yes, we are all called. We are all, each and every one of us, called to be a part, called to follow God, called to follow the Lord, to bid our lives for God's service. Each and every one of us, it's what we do. It's who we are. But to follow God does not always come with great fanfare or vast religious campuses of sprawling churches and budgets that rival that of a small nation. Let's face it. What Jesus calls for us to say to people in the world and to model is not always understandable, is it? Here are a couple of his top lines that we have. Jesus told us to act, to say, and to live this way. The last are first, the least are greatest, And the greatest among us is a servant. (laughs) That doesn't always win friends and influence people, does it? Love one another. There's another easy one. Forgive one another. Remember 70 times 7? So basically forgive each other a lot. Love your enemies. That's a good one too, right? People love that one. And the very notion of this table that we come to today is that Christ gave his body and his blood, gave himself away for us, and he bids us to do that for each other. Guess what? Sometimes that is not the most understandable message for the world to hear. So, for 2,000 years, that message has fallen regularly on dull ears, sightless eyes, and clouded minds. And yet, we are often called to keep saying these things over and over and over again as God's church. Here I am, Lord, send me. And he says, absolutely. I'd love for you to go. And here's what you need to say. 
Sometimes that's not always the easiest thing to do. But in this passage, he does end with, it brings us to healing. God's message always brings us to healing. In a, in, in a previous church, we started this, this um, service, a healing and wholeness service, which for Presbyterians, again, sometimes we, we would hear that and people would think that it, when you came to this service, you'd come down and I would lay my hand on your head and you'd fall over like they do on television, right? That's not how it works. It really is not how it works. Um, I don't touch anybody like that and nobody's ever fallen over in my presence unless they were bored to tears. I don't know. But what happened in the healing wholeness services, they lasted about 30 minutes and they, we had it in a chapel and and people would come when they when things weren't going their best in their faith journey or they just needed a time of, of just some silence, some time of healing homes. We'd do the oil, anoint them with oil. And, and it started out just like this passage did in this way. People were totally confused. They didn't know what to do. And so for the first couple of years, two people would show up. Sometimes... No people would show up. And then finally what happened after about two or three years of doing it at Easter and at Christmas, four people would show up, five people would show up, eight people would show up, 15 people would show up, and then about 20, 25 people, 22 people would show up. Every time... There were people who were just hurting in the world, just certain things. One of, the, one of the people who came consistently, her daughter, her adult daughter, was killed in a car wreck about three blocks from the church. And she came, um, she was one of the ones that would come almost every single time. Lillian was an amazing lady. But she would tell me she came because she always needed to know that God offered healing in her life, no matter how chaotic the world got. That's our message in the world. No matter how difficult our call is, no matter how much we go, God send me, and then later go, whoa, how long have I got to do this, God? This ain't fun. The ultimate issue in this passage is, is healing at the end. And that's, that's what we're to offer to the world, no matter how hard or difficult it becomes for us as the church. There's another hymn connected to this passage. It's called The Voice of God is Calling. It's from John Haynes Holmes in 1913. And the last verse says this. It doesn't say, here I am, Lord, send me in this way. It says it this way. From ease and from plenty, save us. From pride and place absolve. Purge us of low desire. Lift us to high resolve. Take us and make us holy. Teach us your will and way. Speak and behold, we will answer. Command us and we will obey. From ease and plenty, save us. Behold and speak and behold, we answer, command and we obey.
by all means, each and every one of us here today, we are called, by all means, we are called to respond to God's call. Here I am, Lord, send me. But may we be careful as God's people in our little corner of the world, be careful to know that call is never easy and it's never simple and it's never designed for comfort and typically success in that way. But it is always, always, always leads us to healing of the soul, healing of the nations, healing of the hearts of those who are broken, healing of the hurts, healing of our very souls. From ease and plenty, save us. From pride of place, absolve. Purge us from low desire. Lift us to high resolve. Take us and make us holy. Teach us your will and your way. Speak and behold, we answer. Command and we obey. May that be our cry this day. Amen. Thank you for worshiping with us today. Have a great uh, rest of the uh, weekend. And as we go from this place, know each and every one of us is called to be sent out. No matter how tough that might be, God goes with each and every one of us to offer healing. This is Neil Carter thanking you once again for listening to our podcast at Rocky River Presbyterian Church. You can also visit us at our website, complete with our online donations for those wishing to give. Come check us out at our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter. Or if you're in the Harrisburg, North Carolina area, feel free to drop in and visit us in person. Thanks again for being with us today.